What does it mean to know God? And what is the purpose of the knowledge of him? Join me today for Theology Thursday as we hear John Calvin's answer to these questions from his book, Institutes of the Christian Religion. Love God, love your neighbor. This is Creeds and Deeds. Psalm 28. Of David, to you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy, when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors, while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work, and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward, because they do not regard the works of the Lord, or the work of his hands. He will tear them down, and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be the shepherd and carry them forever. This is the word of our Lord. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. Today is Thursday, the 29th of October, 2018. I'm your host, Al, and today is Theology Thursday. For Theology Thursday today, I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 2 of the abridged version of John Calvin's Institutes, which was edited by Donald K. McKim. And I will just be reading, it's book 1, chapter 2, what is it, what it is to know God and to what purpose the knowledge of him tends. So let's get started. Piety is a requisite for the knowledge of God. Now the knowledge of God, as I understand it, is that by which we not only conceive that there is a God, but also grasp what befits us and is proper to his glory. In fine, what is it to our advantage to know of him? Indeed, we shall not say that properly speaking, God is known where there is no religion or piety. Although our mind cannot apprehend God without rendering him some honor, it will not suffice to hold that there is one whom all ought to honor and adore unless we are persuaded that he is the fountain of every good and that we must seek nothing elsewhere than in him. I call piety that reverence joined with love of God which the knowledge of his benefits induces. For until men recognize that they owe everything to God, that they are nourished by his fatherly care, that he is the author of their every good, that they should seek nothing beyond him, they will never yield him willing, willing service. Nay, unless they establish their complete happiness in him, they will never give themselves truly and sincerely to him. Knowledge of God involves trust and reverence. What is God? Men who pose this question are merely toying with idle speculations. It is more important for us to know of what sort he is 
and what is consistent with his nature. You cannot behold him clearly unless you acknowledge him to be the fountainhead and source of every good. From this, too, would arise the desire to cleave to him and to trust in him, but for the fact that man's depravity seduces his mind from rightly seeking him. For to begin with, the pious mind does not dream up for itself any god it pleases, but contemplates the one and only true god, and it does not attach to him whatever it pleases, but is content to hold him to be as he manifests himself. Furthermore, the mind always exercises the utmost diligence and care to not to wander astray or rashly and boldly go beyond his will. It thus recognizes God because it knows that he governs all things and trusts that he is its guide and protector, therefore giving itself over completely to trust in him. For the pious mind realizes that the punishment of the impious and wicked and the reward of the life eternal for the righteous and equally pertain to God's glory. Besides, the, this mind restrains itself from sinning, not out of dread of punishment alone, but because it loves and reveres God as Father, it worships and adores Him as Lord. Even if there were no hell, it would shudder at offending Him alone. Here, indeed, is pure and re real religion, faith so joined with an earnest fear of God that this fear also embraces willing reverence and carries with it such legitimate worship as is prescribed in the law. And we ought to note this fact even more diligently. All men have a vague general veneration for God, but very few really reverence, reverence him. And wherever there is great ostentation in ceremonies, sincerity of heart is rare indeed. Today for Learn the Faith, we're looking at question 26 of the New City Catechism. If you remember yesterday, we looked at the question, does Christ's death mean that all our sins can be forgiven? And we learned that it did. So today's question, question 26 says, question, what else does Christ's death redeem? Answer, Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation, as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. Scripture Proof Colossians 1, 19-20 For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And a commentary on this is from John Bunyan. Jesus is a redeemer. Redeemer, That is his name. He came into the world on this very business to redeem his people, to redeem them from all iniquity. Titus 2.14 From this present evil world, from our vain conversations, he hath shed his precious blood to purchase us. We are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 We are none of our own. We are his, the purchase of his blood. And we may be confident that he dearly loves us, for he dearly bought us. And if he had not dearly loved us, he would never have given himself for us. Galatians 2 verse 20 That was the highest testimony of his love. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. He will redeem us from the wrath to come. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, 
I come to you now in prayer, remembering your works and days of old, meditating on your doings, musing on the deeds of your hands. I will sing your praise, and I will proclaim to the world your fame. I will bless and thank you, for you are great. So awesome are your ways, who can comprehend them? You're exalted above the earth. Let your glory shine. God, I mourn my life because of all my sin. I see in my sin nothing but evil, deadness, and decay. Yet I rejoice when I look to Christ, because I am comforted by His perfection, goodness, love, and His care for me. And I know you credit this all to me because of your love through Jesus' death. I repent of my sin, and I confess them to you. Thank you, Lord, for your eternal, never-stopping, never-ending, always and forever love, which you freely give to all of the redeemed. You have redeemed me from the hand of Satan, and you have redeemed for yourself a people from every nation and tribe. Though we were lost, wandering in the desert, you led us to the celestial city, and by the straight path and through the narrow gate, which is Christ. And you have satisfied our thirsty soul and fed our hungry spirit with the living water and spiritual manna of your son's shed blood and broken body. God, I bring my supplications to you now. Please align my wants and desires with, your, with the goals and principles of your kingdom. Make my heart long to see your kingdom expand on this earth. Father, destroy my selfish desires and give me a Christ-like heart to say, not my will, but yours be done. God, I pray for both Crystal and Justin that I talked to last week and yesterday. God, use the word that I preached to them to bring them to faith in your son Jesus and to repentance from their sins so they can experience life eternal. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Remember, I'm not not ordained. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in an eldership position. So if you are a Christian and you're listening to my podcast, you need to be in church on the Lord's Day and submitting to the eldership leadership of the local congregation of the local body of Christ.